Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a mini-sode of the Single Black Female Podcast. So as you can see, um, I'm in a totally different location. I still have my plants uh, with me, of course. I had to downsize to move across, not really across the country, but once I got out of the military, I had to downsize. So that was a tough day. The day I got out of the military, uh, we were still packing my house. Um, and then it just like came to me that I can't take these plants. Like I can't take them all. So I have a, an awesome neighbor um, and I was just like throwing plants at her door. And she was like, oh honey, I've always wanted this plant. I'm like, well, at least I know it's going to a good home. So that's different. Um, I actually haven't been here uh, that long. Um, so I'm trying to, uh, how do I say? I'm trying to bring some of these plants back to life because I don't think anybody's gonna take care of your plants like you take care of So we have a lot of changes with the show. Um, it is still called The Single Black Female Podcast. I'm the sole black female on the show. So it could be, you know, taken in different, different ways. Uh, number one, I am single and I'm not saying that because I'm advertising um, and trying to hook up or get attention. Like uh, that's just currently my relationship status and it's just me, like I said before on the podcast. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of moving pieces. Um, but yeah, so back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming. Um, thank you so much for number one, being patient with me while I figured things out um, and just making time to come back to the show. Uh, since I've gotten out the military, things have just been a shit show, like an absolute shit show. Um, not what I expected. I had a plan. My plans didn't align with, you know, my partner's plans. Um, and I just had to like, the biggest thing about being out of the military is that nothing's holding you back anymore from making moves, you know? So if I'm in a position or a predicament where I feel like, look, this is not good for my mental health. If I'm affected, there's gonna be a trickle down, um, like a trickle down effect and my daughter's going to be affected. If I'm not, you know, in the best frame of mind or the best state of mind, why am I here? What's holding me back? You know what I'm saying? Like a job is a job. You can find a job anywhere. And um, if you don't know, like my, I feel like I'm at this point just going to be a career law enforcement person. I don't want to be a cop, but being that uh, I spent six years as a military police officer, that's all my resume is really about. Um, so you can find um, law enforcement jobs anywhere. You know, I'm not trying to be a cop, not trying to be a CEO, but they're out there, you know? So it's like, I don't owe anybody any loyalty um, as far as work goes. Um, and the only person I owe anything in this world is my daughter. So if I'm not the best me for her in a place that I'm at, then I don't have to be there. Simple as that. So um, if you haven't already, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Uh, they're going to be in some description i'm really rusty i'm really rusty but i'm so glad to be back like i can't stop cheesing 
Um, please, please, please like, comment, and subscribe. Videos will be coming back. That's why I'm recording this right now. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm super, super dusty right now. But I was talking to a friend and just talking about everything that's transpired in the past couple of months. I've been out of the military, I think, for like four or five months now. And it's still not normal. Um, and although I no longer wanted to be in the military, if I knew things were going to happen this way, I would have stayed my black ASS in Kansas and I probably would have got orders somewhere else. And that's fine because Reagan and I would have been out. Like, you know, we've been doing um, us for quite a while. So um, to uproot our lives and change our routines and kind of like what we have going on, it was really big. And then to, you know, come to a place where I knew nobody um, and solely rely on uh, my significant other to give me at least support at the bare minimum, just support, you know, like that was huge for me because I've been so independent for quite a while. I started working when I was like 15 and a half, um, you know, like I've always been just out to get it in always wanted to take care of myself and I never wanted to be a burden on anybody. And I feel like um, in a relationship, me asking for your support should never be a burden. If that's the case, then it is what it is. And we just don't align in this in this timeline then, you know, that's that's what it is. But uh, I say all that to, I was, uh, to say, I was speaking with a friend and she's just like, you need to get back to podcasting. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I know I need to, but I just wanna wait for stuff to settle down. But like, let's be real. When is life ever gonna settle down? Gas prices are out the ass. Um, COVID's still real. Um, life is always going to be nuts, you know? So what better time than now? You know what I'm saying? What better time than now? Um, so what have I been up to? So like I said, September 30th, I think September 30th for 30, I don't think there's 31 days in September, but September 30th was my last day in the military and it was a day of just mixed emotions. Like I'll post pictures on the Instagram page, but like I cried my entire time and I think everybody was looking at me like, um, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. You don't have to get out. You can re-enlist right now because you can re-enlist up until the day that you're out. You know, so if I was really unsure about what I wanted to do, um, I could have been like, where's retention? Let's get a new contract going or let me extend and I'll figure it out. And like I said, if I knew things were going to be a shit show, I would have just stayed in the military a little bit longer and figured it out, you know, and gone somewhere where I didn't know anybody and just started from there because literally like I raised my daughter by myself physically, you know, so What's the difference, you know, being stationed somewhere you don't want to be and then without having any support and having to build that circle and that trust? What's the difference from that to picking somewhere where I want to be and then willingly going out there and seeking, you know, new friends and a new tribe and a new family um, to help me with my daughter? You know, so, yeah, uh, it was very emotional, very emotional. Um, and yeah like i think people were like what is going on but that day meant so much to me because i thought about everything i went through to get to that point 
at one point in my career, I went to my first arm, first arm Delgado. People say he's an asshole. And I told him when I used to go in his office and like cry or sit on his couch, I was like, first arm. I didn't like you because I met him at another duty station and I knew of him, but I didn't know him. He was a star in first class and he was a hard ass and he was a watch commander in the jail. And I'm just like, I just need to avoid him. I need to avoid him. Like, oh no, like he's wild. Like, and I wasn't on that. I joined the military at an older age. So it's like certain people, I just, I couldn't vibe with because I'm like, you don't have to be this mean. You don't have to be this nasty. Like, I'm not going to accept the fact that that's just the way you are because you're in the military. Like, no, you're a human being before anything. Like my parents, both my parents were in the military. My mother was a star first class. So at one point she's probably a platoon star. My father was a first star. Um, you know, like I know you can be a normal person, but then I got to Leavenworth in Kansas and I got to know him. And I told him, I was like, first Lauren Delgado, like when I first knew of you and Lewis, I wanted nothing to do with you. But now that I know you for who you are, I really appreciate you. And I thank you so much for everything because this man like would go from cussing somebody out to me knocking on his door and like me just boohooing. And I told him, I was like, first Lauren, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to raise my daughter alone if I don't have to. She has a father, I'm in a relationship. Like, this is not fair. And I know I'm not the only one who's faced with things like this um, in the military. Like, it happens all the time, especially in different branches. Um, they can't always put you guys in the same in the same um, state. I get it. Um, but it was hard. It was hard on me um, because I knew she had a dad. And I'm like, he's missing out on, like, the fundamental years of her life. Um, I needed help physically with my daughter mentally um i told you guys i was diagnosed with uh, depression and anxiety you know what i'm saying like i needed help i needed help and um the military not all leaders are like this but the military will have you feeling like you're in the wrong for going to an appointment or like you're an inconvenience for going to take care of yourself and that's one thing that i really didn't bang with because at the end of the day if i'm working nine to five or <laughs> If I'm working, if I'm up by 4.30 and I don't get off until 4, when else would I have time to go to an appointment? I'll wait. We work during business hours. We're up before business hours. I have to be in bed by like 8 o'clock so I can be up the next day and not, you know, be late. Like, there was literally no other time than during work hours to get things done. So, it was just, it was a whirlwind of emotions. Um, I was grateful for how, like, how far I'd come. And, like, I would never off myself, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, I'm shocked I'm here. I'm shocked I'm here. Like, we made it. We made it, you know? And I was just excited for the next chapter. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to go because I love the soldiers. Um, I love the fact that I had the influence on young soldiers and I have the ability to make them better than me as an NCO because let's be real, like as an NCO, I was still learning. Um, I went to BLC, that's the that's the course you need to become a non-commissioned officer starting at E5, but a non-commissioned officer, that's what you need. And they teach you like the mechanics, they teach you like the technical stuff, the writing counselings and writing and all this stuff, but 
it doesn't build you up as, as a leader and there's no like mentoring program after that. So where I was, excuse me, where I was before um, I had went to BLC, I was surrounded by agents and investigators um, and the vibe was dope, but it wasn't really military oriented. We were worried about getting these cases done, um, getting, uh, you know, legal opinion on these cases, interviewing criminals, doing drug tasks, going out on missions, things like that. And there's really no time to sit there and mold an NCO. So I commend anybody who comes out of that office or anybody who comes out of that situation, um, you know, investigating and they have the ability to lead and be a strong leader and an effective leader. I commend you because you don't have that NCO mentality in that atmosphere whatsoever. And at the end of the day, I am so grateful for that opportunity um, when I was a, a federal investigator because I saw a different side of the army. And I think if I did not have Reagan, I would have done it because you encounter all types of people. So it's just funny because when there was an ongoing case, um, I sat down and I watched the interview and this dude was a child. He was a child predator. I don't know if he was a molester or whatever, but he was a child predator. I saw him being interviewed. The next time I saw him, he was at the jail or the, the prison that I worked at. And I was just like, oh, I saw this happen from beginning to end. Wow, that's crazy. But like I said, like you deal with all people, all types of people, all types of crimes. So drugs, it's a it's a open and shut case. Like either you did it or you didn't. And nine times out of 10, you did it. You know what I'm saying? Um, blue collar crimes or thefts, easy. When it came to kids, I told myself that I personally do not think that I can be um, unbiased because I have a daughter um, and because I was a victim of, you know, assault as a child. Um, I don't know if I can be unbiased. So why even put myself there in that predicament, knowing that I'm not sure if I can be fair and impartial when it comes to a case? You know, and that's that stuff wears on you. Um, that was the first time working working there was the first time I've seen a dead body. Like, in order to be certified as a, a federal investigator, you have to go to an autopsy. The autopsy was sad, um, but it's just so weird because the people around you they they do this on a daily basis. Like the the medical examiner didn't even have on a mask. The smell is pungent. It stays in your clothes. Uh, when they're like opening up the body, there's like bone dust in the air. You're not supposed to inhale that. He had a dip in his mouth without a mask on. He wasn't even spitting the dip out. He was swallowing it. Like he was so unaffected by it. And I'm like, oh wow, like look at his tattoos. He was a real person. Um, you know, he's somebody's son, he's somebody's brother. You know, like that was really tough. Um, I remember being pregnant and they needed people to secure a scene and somebody had like blown their brains out in a barracks um, common area. And that was my first time seeing brain matter. Like it was all over the wall and I'm just like, wow. And like, imagine doing that for your career. 
you know, like your family has to understand that you're absorbing all of that. You have to understand that you're absorbing all of that and then you have to find ways to decompress and let that stuff not really go, but kind of like roll off your back like a duck because at the end of the day, like, I don't think anybody will ever get used to seeing a dead body. You know what I'm saying? Like, I truly don't. Um, but you have to learn how to navigate through that to be a successful agent or investigator. And at that point in my life, I just, I didn't think it would be something that, it would have been cool and it's the other side of the army and you deal with so many cool people and you build different relationships because it's like, we all we got kind of mentality because we're considered snitches or narcs or whatever. At the end of the day, let's be real. When your friends go up to that office because they got caught with weed or whatever, they're snitching on you. We're not snitching. They're snitching on you. They're telling us the information about you. Um, your baby mothers or your wife, your wife's, your spouses, when you cheat or when you do something, they're writing an anonymous tip about you. So we're not the snitches. Your friends. It'd be your own friends, okay? But yeah, it was overall my career. It was an awesome experience. I knew I didn't have the capacity to be a mom and be an effective leader. And once I lost interest in taking care of other people, and I was like, it's all about Reagan, and I want to take care of Reagan and not have any um, other responsibilities, I knew it was no longer for me because you can tell that there's certain leaders that actually have that mentality and it shows. And I don't ever want to be one of those leaders because you're a waste of space in the military if you're not out here for your soldiers. Granted, when I was on the job and I was an NCO and I had soldiers, I was their mom. I was their first line. I was their mother. My soldier got into an accident. I had just gotten Wingstop or a crab boil. It was something divine, delicious. And he had just, I just sat down and I ate, or I didn't even eat. And it's me and Ray, it's like a Saturday, a Sunday. And I get a call from him and I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm not gonna say his name. I was gonna say redacted, but I was like, what's up? And the person on the phone is like, he calls me, he's like, um, is this on Jarrett? And I'm like, yes, it is. And he's like, uh, your soldier's been in an accident. He's going such and such place. Uh, he's unconscious, blah, blah, blah. And what do I do? I'm the only one here, you know, for this soldier because I'm his first line. His mom is not here, his family's not here. So what do I do? F the food, I pack up a little bag or what I can for, for uh, Reagan. And I'm there before the uh, ambulance even pulls off. Thank God it was like right down the street from my house. But before the ambulance pulls off, I get down there. I talk to the EMTs. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? Is he okay? Where's he going? We can't tell you where he's going, but I'll be right behind you. I drove from Leavenworth to Kansas City at the same speed that the ambulance was going because I wasn't going to miss anything. I parked, I got out the car. Um, COVID was still like really, really heavy at the time. So they didn't let kids back there. Um, I could have just been like, well, I don't have a babysitter. I'm a single mom, you know, but I knew that he could only have a certain amount of visitors. He requested the chaplain. I got the chaplain there. Like, you know, your life goes into these soldiers and into these kids. You're pouring into these kids on a daily basis. And I don't know how long I could have done that and been an effective mother or vice versa, been an effective mother, not an effective 
um, NCO. And people do it all the time, but I just wasn't in the right headspace. Um, you know, I don't even think I was on medication for my depression at that time. Maybe I was, I don't know. Like, it just seems like such a far away mist not mystery, such a far away, uh, uh, distant memory. You know, I couldn't tell you what was going on at the time or if I was on my medication at the time, but I didn't want, I didn't want to be a selfish leader. Um, you know, but it, I would have been honored if I had the ability to stay in there and do what I needed to do and be effective. Um, but yeah, so my transition, as I stated before, uh, the transition was rough and it's not because I missed the military. Of course, you must get paid on the 1st and the 15th, like clockwork, whether you do your job to full capacity or not. I missed that, but I came down here with a plan. Like I said, I'm like a law enforcement lifer. And when you go out, you know, and apply for a law enforcement job, um, you don't just get hired on the spot. You know, there's background checks, there's... Uh, you know, your driving record checks, uh, you have to take a urinalysis. Um, probably the most least, the, like the least intrusive UA I've had in six years. Like when I took a UA, the lady stood outside the door and I'm like, you're not gonna watch this pee come from my vagina and go into the cup. I can shut the door, like it was wild. Um, but things take time, especially if you're working for the government. So when I got out here, I had birds stacked, but no, I wasn't making money right away um and also i was in the mindset that like look i did my time i deserve a break i definitely deserve a break um you know i want a couple of months to just relax so i was doing things in my own time um and it just wasn't allowing aligning with my spouses and like you know or my significant other excuse me um and he wasn't feeling it and we didn't communicate certain things with each other, uh, but it was also a difficult transition because we had been together for so long, but been apart for so long. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I could ever do another long distance relationship because at the end of the day, unless it's temporary and I know like, hey, in a couple of months, I'll be back. It's It doesn't feel like a real relationship because you're not required to put in you know, a certain amount of effort. You can do so much as call, FaceTime, um, even have FaceTime dates, but it's not going to be that same amount of pressure to do what you need to do to keep this person. Because it's like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is how things are right now because we're apart um, or we're on different, in different time zones. I'm busy. He has a full-time job. I have a full-time job. And then I'm a mom at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have time to ask certain things of you. I don't. So you would just expect like, okay, it's going to be rocky when we first get back together because things are just weird. We're in each other's space. When I've had my own space, you've had your own space. Um, yeah, it's going to be weird. Absolutely. But you expect things to just change and you kind of like get back into the groove of things. And we didn't even get the chance to get into the groove of things because things just got hectic went left and I'm like, I'm not sticking around for this. So I dipped off and I'm like, okay, like I said, I'm not, nothing, there's nothing, nothing tethering me down to anything or any place. The only person I'm tethered to is Reagan. So if I'm out, she's out and we finna bust a move and on to the next and we're gonna figure it out. You know, that was my mentality. Um, and I did leave for 
quite a while. It felt like quite a while. I did leave for like a couple of months and I was just like, look, whether we're together or not, while we have this house, because we bought a house and then I left and um, yeah, while we have this house, this big ass backyard and this stability, we're gonna raise this kid together. I'm not putting that all on me. I've done it for the past three years, you know, physically. I'm not saying he wasn't present, um, but I'm saying like, I've done it for the past three years and mentally, I don't wanna do it by myself. Physically, I don't wanna do it by myself. Like she has a dad and I want her dad to be active in his life, in her life. And I want him to be a father. You know what I'm saying? So it made no sense for me to be away, although we had things we needed to work on. And, you know, I didn't like how things were going here. Um, hindsight is always 2020. Maybe I should have took like a little vacay um, and sorted out my stuff. But like I said, if the vibe ain't right, I'm not sticking around. I'm not, that's just not who I am. Like, I don't have to be anywhere where I don't feel welcome, or I don't feel comfortable. So I dipped um, and ultimately, I my goal is to always raise my daughter, um, you know, in the presence of her father. Like I want him to be there and I want him to see all the things that, you know, he may have not gotten the chance to see uh, back in the day. Like I want him to be a part of her life wholeheartedly. So ultimately, you know, I want to be in a relationship with her father. I do. Um, will that happen tomorrow? Will that happen next week? Probably not. No, because there's a lot of things we have to work on together. Um, and I think the first part is just coexisting together because like I said, we haven't done it in so long. But yeah, like I was going to have a whole episode about I'm single and but I'm like, am I ready to talk about this? And of course I wanna be upfront and honest with you guys, um, but that's not something I'm ready to go in depth about. And maybe I'll never go in depth about it. And maybe I will, like it's not important. But the most important thing is that this is the Single Black Female Podcast and I am a single black female. So you're gonna get my perspective from a single perspective. Um, yeah, I'm like living up to the name of the podcast, finally. Whew. Um, but yeah, definitely a hard time, a hard transition and um, just the clashing and the different personalities didn't make that transition any easier. Um, I'm looking to him for support and I'm looking to him to be, you know, my best friend, which I always considered him. And he wasn't doing that. And it's like, if you weren't ready for this, you should have just told me and I would have just extended and we would have just figured it out whether we were together or not. Like. I would have had the stability that I needed and I've had that stability for the past six years and to not have that stability at 31 with the daughter, I felt like a freaking failure. I did. And I would get pissed because I'm like, all you had to do was be open. I'd rather hear the ugly truth than a beautiful lie. And if you told me you weren't ready to have us down here and have your family together, I would have been cool with it. No, I wouldn't have been happy, but I would have been getting paid on the 1st and the 15th and I wouldn't have been driving across freaking America and putting all these miles on my Mazda. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I literally took trips, trips. And my last trip down here, I drove nine hours straight. I stopped like once, but like, I wouldn't have had to make these, these trips. Like, I could have been back in our home in Kansas. Reagan misses that house. She always talks about the house and I have to explain to her like, 
mommy was renting that house um it's not our house anymore somebody else has that house but she likes it because she had her own room of course well she has her own room there but she had her own room but then she also had a playroom so she didn't have to be confined to her room she could go out in the playroom so i don't know my plan is to maybe like make the garage like her little woman cave or something like that just to give her the vibe that she's able to like just be free wherever she wants because like her daddy's really like ocd when it comes to certain things and i'm ocd when it comes to certain things but we're so different in that way because I'm like detail oriented. So I like wiping the baseboards down and getting on my hands and knees and like scrubbing the floor. I don't like shoes in the house. Um, but then like when I see these toys out like in front of me, I'm not showing you guys cause it's ghetto. But like I, when I, I see that and I know that that's something like that's probably, when he sees that it's gonna make him crunch, you know? So I just want her to have a space where she can go and have her toys everywhere. We clean up and then we do it again. Um, just aside from her room. So, because that's what she really, really loved about about Kansas. Um, but yeah, so in this transition, in this rocky transition, um, I think my biggest takeaway, my biggest lesson is seeking peace, uh, healing, but then also being my peace. Um, pouring into me before I pour into anybody else because if I continuously pour and pour and pour and I don't have anybody pouring into me, eventually I'm going to be pouring from an empty glass. Um, and it's not only about me anymore, it's about my daughter. If I have nothing to give her, why am I out here giving away the energy, the love, the the positive you know, vibes? Why am I giving that away to somebody so freely who, can't even give that to me you know what i'm saying which is why i said i'm not seeking a relationship with anybody i'm not seeking a companion at this moment like i just want to heal i want to learn how to be my own peace um yeah i want to heal from the inside out like honestly um and just be an overall better person um i'm still off alexapro i was finna get back on some meds but i told myself like look you've done it this long you can cope um, you don't need these meds, um, and I'm I'm coping. I'm I'm coping. I'm cooking. I'm giving myself projects. Um, I'm in another intermission in my life because I left one job in Pittsburgh. I was living in Pittsburgh for a hot second, and it wasn't my vibe. The city wasn't my vibe. Um, I think if I lived outside of the city, it would have been different. But it never felt safe to me. And then in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to raise my daughter here nobody renovates stuff in their houses and that's a big thing to me like i need i need to feel comfortable when i move into a house i'm a germaphobe or an apartment i'm a germaphobe but if you're giving me an 18th century house okay um and it's not renovated i'm never going to be comfortable because i know like how old and decrepit this place is the carpets are from the freaking cold war like no like i would have never been completely comfortable with uh where i was living um with the salary that i was making so it just didn't make sense to do it on my own like because her father and i were not combative you know what i'm saying we're not button heads like we don't agree on everything but i don't think anybody does um so i'm like i'm gonna bring her back into this environment where her and her father 
and I can raise her um, and, you know, financially we can do this together. It just made sense. And my my friend Dan and I would talk about it like every day. Like, dude, I hate it here. It's so sad here. Um, I had a cool job. It was sales. Anybody can get into sales, honestly, um, because they teach you from the ground up. But I'm just like, I miss home. I miss my backyard, my big ass backyard. I miss being out, being able to lay out in the sun. I miss being able to do things without my daughter. Granted, I love my daughter, but there was this one moment where I was like, really like literally crying for help. Like, I need a break, I need a break. And like, it wasn't clicking, Steven. Like it wasn't clicking. So I didn't get my break and me, I'm not I'm not about to beg nobody to help me with my daughter because at the end of the day, nobody's obligated to take care of her besides myself and her father, you know, but it wasn't clicking and I didn't get that help or that break. And I'm just like, cool. You know, once I ask um, or I throw out there, like I kind of need help or I kind of need a break and I don't get the response that I expect, like I'll never again ask you for help with my kid, like never, like, you know, but that's neither here nor there. But um, I have the ability to like go to the store. Like since I've gotten here, I've been here for like a week, I think. I think it's been like a little over a week. I got here Saturday at like 3.33 in the morning, angel numbers. But I got here Saturday like 3.33 in the morning. Um, Like I said, I drove that entire way straight. I was driving like the devil was on my ass. Like that was my motivation. I'm like, oh, Satan's back there. I gotta get up here. I need to get home. Um. Yeah, we jumped in bed and, you know, I've just been like in this another transition period, little intermission in my life. Um, but I've been able to like just meditate, wake up in the morning and meditate. Um, my daughter has her space. Uh, she can run around. She can be a kid. She has her backyard. I can kick her out and throw in the backyard um, when I need a break. Like... I don't know. Um, my feelings tell me like if I knew this was coming, I would have done things different. But it's given me a lot of perspective on a lot of relationships. It's given me a lot of perspective on who I am as a person and um, where I want to you know, grow as a person. Um, it's connected me with a lot of people that I may not see or when I was with them, I didn't hang out with them. But now I like text them every day, um, you know, like me, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to try to uplift somebody like that's just who I am. Like if I'm having the shittiest day, I'm going to be like, look, hey, boo, I'm checking in on you. Um, not that I'm obligated to. Nobody's obligated to do anything for anybody, but I'm checking in on you. I want to make sure you're good. What's up? Or hey, beautiful. Have a great day. Like I I that's the shit that gets me. It keeps me going like being there for people because at the end of the day, I don't ever want to ask somebody to be there for me, but I feel like you have to be good to people for them to be good to you. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, of course, there's rare people out there that are just good to people, um, you know, without you having to re reciprocate that or without them expecting that. But I, I just think it would be nice to pour into people. Like I said, once again, I'm pouring into people because that's just what I do. Pouring into people. And, you know, one day if I need it, they'll probably shoot me a text message that I really 
really needed to like keep going if that makes any sense so all in all transition was whack af but it's brought a lot of perspective to my life um and kind of made me see people for who they were um yeah and like the moral of the story is people are selfish like people are selfish um they're going to put them first so at the end of the day put you first and i mean that in all aspects in relationships um not in relationships because if you know 100 that that person puts you first of course when you're out doing things you know you want to have them in the back of their mind and, and in the back of your mind and you want to say like how is this going to affect them you know what i'm saying like of course you absolutely want to um think about your partner's needs um if you're in a relationship but i think in anything platonic may it be a, a family member may it be you know a joe schmo you met on the street may it be just a friend like put yourself first because in this society like everybody has proven that they're out to get it for themselves you know not to be negative or be a debbie downer like that's just the way society is right now like we're living in a selfish world right now like wholeheartedly and it's sad um excuse me just to see like the shift um because i grew up in the 90s and of course i was a kid and i was like oblivious to things going on but um I know for one, like for a fact, like relationships lasted a lot longer. And granted, we have social media and you can get pussy on demand. Um, or we live in a society where like people have zero self-respect for themselves. Or we live in a society where men will smile in your face um, one day and like BS my crib like the next. You know what I'm saying? Like we live in that type of society. So it's easier to get what you want. You don't need DoorDash. Like you, you can literally get vagina off of DoorDash. Not okay, not for real, but it's like that. It's like that. You download an app. You talk to somebody. It could be a day. It could be a couple of days, or you know they're old school, and it could be a couple of months. Um, but the day you download that app and you spark up a conversation and you say something right, or you con them into believing that you're one person that you're really not. You could literally have pussy on your doorstep that same day. Like, I get that. But despite the world that we're living in, I don't think your moral compass should fluctuate because what you have available, you know? Because if we were living like that and everybody was like that, I mean, the world is already effed up right now. But if we were literally living in a society where everybody thought about themselves and, you know, just did what felt good because it feels good, it would probably be a lot worse off than what it was or what it is right now. So like I guess I'm just from a different era. Um, like I'm not I'm not putting myself on a pedestal and I'm not all high and mighty, but there's just some things that I just don't do especially when it comes to people that you say you care about, like, or there's certain things that I will overextend myself to do because I care about that person. Um, but enough about that. Uh, this is supposed to only be a mini so I'm wrapping this up. Uh, sorry, Max. Next week, we will be discussing life in the military from day zero until the day that I got out. 
Um, and I think that's going to be a long one um, because everybody's experience in the military is different. If you come in with a certain mentality um, or, a cert or a chip on your shoulder or you're black or you're white, people are going to treat you different according to just how you carry yourself or I mean, we all wear the same uniform, but your race plays a role in certain things. Um, you know, like everybody's experience is different, totally different because everybody coming from different walks of life, uh, you're able to get in at different ages. Um, I like I, I came in at 25 and a lot of the kids in my bay were like fresh out of their mom's crib. So when it came to certain things, I was like, now nah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Like, and girls in my bay could tell you, like, they can entice, like, I was mama bear in that bitch. And I'm like, no, you're not fighting. Or no, you're not going to sit here and watch these girls fight because that's the only entertainment we have right now. Like, absolutely not. Like, if, you know, there's an issue, let them squash it. But we don't need bystanders. We don't need people to, you know, be able to tell the details of what's going on. Because if one person gets in trouble, we all get in trouble. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, We're going to be talking about the military from day zero until my final out date. Um, and then I just have a big announcement. Like I have a big announcement. If you follow me on my personal page, then you already know. Don't spoil it for everybody else. But I have a big announcement that I'd like to let you guys in on. Um, yeah. So it was amazing being here today. It was amazing speaking with you all. I love you guys. And I'll see you next week. I'm so excited to be back. Okay, bye.